following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, May 19th, 2021, season 16, episode number 110. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We are presented by GEICO, and uh, we appreciate you guys taking some time with us today to talk a little Cowboys football here on The Break. Got Nick, Dave, and Amber with me. Uh, We're going to catch you guys up on the rookie minicamp, which you guys attended last week. We'll get some uh, perspective from you on some things you saw, uh, some things that stood out to you. We'll also talk a little bit about schedule release which we haven't had a chance to talk about yet. Uh, Cowboys and the NFL released uh, their, their 2021 schedule uh, last week. And so we'll catch up on your thoughts on some of the best things and worst things about the schedule. Uh, and then we got a little game of see or no. We haven't played that in a long time. Amber's got some questions for us. And uh, maybe even we will get to some fan questions today, maybe. Maybe we'll get some phone calls from some fans and uh, hear what you guys have to say, hear some questions from you, and uh, see what these guys have to say. How's everybody doing today? Great. Good. Awesome. Good, good, good. Let's jump right in and let's start with the rookie minicamp. Uh, it was last week. Not Obviously, it's not a full contact type thing. Guys are in shorts and T-shirts and helmets. Uh, but I'll start first by going around the table and just getting some perspective of what may have stood out. One thing uh, that stood out to you as you watched those practices. Let's start first with you, Dave. Mm, maybe start with somebody else since they were actually here. In the- Forgot. Yes, yeah. you were not here. You you, you didn't get it. But I'm sure you've, you've seen and heard something. But anyway, let's start with yeah, you. Yeah, I'll yeah. formulate. I mean, yeah, I can formulate okay. something, but maybe start with somebody that sure, was Nick, here. Sure, Nick, let's start with you. Well, I feel like I'm kind of taking the obvious one here, but okay. I mean, it starts with this draft class starts with Micah Parsons, and I think that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, um, you know, When's Zach Martin coming? When when is Tyron Smith coming back? Because, I mean, these guys can't block him. I understand the pads aren't on yet and all that, but he could do what he wanted to. He was moving really well, and he could get by the guys that they had blocking there. So uh, the competition will be better. Um, You know, the pads come on. It's more physical. It's harder for offensive linemen to really, you know, get your hands on these guys and all that because – you know, especially a first round pick, you got to be careful with it. But I thought he he from his movement, he looked really good. He looked like you want him to look in that first uh, first day. Amber, what stood out to me was Dan Quinn. He was the fact to see him in there, and and again, this is not a real practice or anything, but the fact that you see him so hands on and being involved, just it reminded me of um, oh my god, my brain. The coach I really like. Rod Marinelli? No. Oh. Uh, Chris Richard. <laughs> Chris Richard. Yeah. No, Rod Marinelli's No, fine. not no, him. No, no, no. Yeah, uh, no. Why would you say him? Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't no. mean it like that. The one that's not employed. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't Sorry. mean it like that. No, no but, but Chris Richard. Richard? Yeah, Richard's with the Saints now. Okay. Yeah. Well, one th- I know he, he wasn't necessarily great here, but one thing that I loved about him was how involved he was within the, uh, the, uh, the players and the defense and just being in there in the game. Now, Dan Quinn, he's a defensive coordinator. That's not necessarily his role. You know, he's, he 
the fact that he went in there when Quinton Bahana, sorry if I said his name wrong, but went out, banged up his uh, shoulder, I believe, left for a little bit, and then Dan Quinn goes in there at tackle and just it's hands on. That 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 is super cool for me. I love to see it. I love to see a leader that can be involved and just get in there with the players and just be a part of it. And that's exciting to me. And I just absolutely love anytime I see a coach, especially a coordinator, just being that involved and making sure, because that again is so, so important for the chemistry too, with bonding with the players and all that. I feel like players will look up to him even more when someone does that. So that stood out for me for sure. I just absolutely loved that. So I was I was at a old and very dear friend's wedding. That's why I wasn't here. And I really appreciate y'all giving me the work-life balance to do that. That's I was, Nick, because I was like, he, he was like, get here. here. What is he <laughs> doing? What are you talking yeah. about? No. No. I cannot believe you miss rookie. I, you know what? That's that's embarrassing. I, I, I always fast forward five years down the road I, with your friends 100%. in New Orleans, and they're like, "You didn't even come to the wedding. Why?" Well, because we were watching Dan Quinn in the middle of this rookie minicamp and Mike Part. No, Which it never holds up. I actually, yeah. I did, I did miss a dear friend's wedding for the Seahawks Cowboys playoff game, and that that holds water for me. That makes a little bit. My yeah. friend Rob, he he busts on me all the time. He's like. Glad you love me enough to come to my wedding over a football game. And I'm like, yeah, that's the playoffs. And like, Dak had that run. And like, I don't, you know, I love you, but I don't feel that bad about that. Right. But like, to miss a wedding for a rookie minicamp, yeah. yeah. I'm, life moments, you got to do some life moments. Right. But right. regardless, regardless, you know, I, I just had my eye on it from afar. And two things, um, two things that really jumped out to me, which, you know, you definitely don't want to overreact, but the team sent out the clip of Jabril Cox getting a pick in in some seven on seven which it was a tipped ball and the quarterback that threw it is not going to play on Sundays so take all of that with a grain of salt but the guy the guy is noted for his coverage ability so for him to step out there and, and do where? it it wasn't just a pick it was 30 yards down the field yeah. it was a covery it was getting back there in coverage i mean that that was the impressive part i thought and then the other one i was i was embarrassed about how excited i got about this cuz i you know we argued last week i was like don't put don't put these expectations on these day 3 picks that's dumb but then we actually posted the clip of Barry Church from the players lounge Barry was like blown away by Israel Mukwamu. I mean, he was just gushing about his movement skills, his, you know, how smooth he looks. He's got the hips. And, you know, Barry's not the, he's not, he's not going to the Hall of Fame, but he played safety in the NFL for nine years. Like, I trust Made his, a bunch of money doing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I trust his opinion a lot. Yeah. So for him to, like, if you haven't seen it, go look on our channels for it. He, he had so much good stuff to say about the kid. And I was like, all right, again, I know he's in shorts, but, if Barry Church thinks he looks that great, then I'm going to take his word for it that that I should be intrigued. Here's uh, Bucky Brooks uh, listed Mukwamu as his top one of his top five favorite picks. He really loved that that pick. I'll say this though. Um, it's intriguing that a guy that's played it, like Barry Church, has played it. Uh, he knows what he's looking for. But I'll say this though: cornerbacks that convert to safety are going to look good at safety sure. in rookie minicamp because they're not hitting anybody and they're not, you know, they're just. Can you f- keep up with the tight end? Well, are you, you better? fluid? Are you which fluid? Is cornerback, right? Yeah. But what's going to make him make that transition is can he make the calls? Is he instinctive? And will he get in there and hit? And I think he will. But I just think. It's early because 
any corner is going to look. What are we looking at here? I'm like, oh, well, oh they, there have, we go. they have video sure. of him. That's what Chris does. Our producer's all over it. Yeah, Keep he, talking. He definitely looks the, he looks the part for sure. And, and he, he talked about his length. I got a chance to talk to him the other day, and he said, you know, uh, you know, he said, hey, Jerry, you got the best cornerback in the draft. And then about an hour later, Dan Quinn called him and said, yeah, about that. Um, we're moving you to safety. And so I said, does your confidence like carry over? He's like, oh, yeah, they're going to get the best safety in the draft. So. <laughs> You know, he's 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 a confident dude. Yeah. And don't think teams didn't pick on him. He played corner opposite JC Horn at South Carolina. He they threw at him. Mm-hmm. And so and he he made some he made enough plays to obviously get drafted. Yeah. He wears thirty eight, so he's probably gonna be a baller if I had to guess. <laughs> uh, if if there was one man, thing, if absolutely. there was one player that you would say uh you have a different opinion of now than maybe you had before, good or bad, or you know, just something about them stood out that you didn't really expect to notice uh, during the mini camp. What would it be, Nick? Um, I again, I'm probably stealing this one. Probably Nashawn Wright. I thought he he did a pretty good job, um, especially that second day. Yeah, he was he was making a lot of plays. Uh, he looked like a cornerback is supposed to to look, and even though he's tall, uh, I thought he, he did a nice job, you know, breaks on the balls and stuff like that. But as Dave said, you know, it's hard to tell out there with the quarterbacks and the receivers and all that, you know, but, but he did a nice job, and I thought, you know, not that I had mixed opinions about him, but I just, you know, we'll see what he looks like. I thought he did a good job. Let me start off by saying that I came in here, you know, it's been a while since we've seen football and mm-hmm. players being on the field. So you come in here excited, okay, we're finally going to get to see some action. And, and it's hard, at least for me, it was difficult because I'm judging with another like level where I have to, okay, hold on a second, let me step back. This is first day, second day of rookie minicamp. Like, let me not be so judgmental because there were a lot of things that happened that I'm like... Are you kidding me? This is what what's, this is what I'm seeing on the field right now, and you know, it, so it was really tough for me to even judge. And you know, back to what Nick was talking about, uh, Mika Parsons. Yes, he looked good, but then you go back and look at the offense, how awful they were. So it's just hard to get a grasp to the whole thing. So I'm gonna lean on uh, one of the interviews with Kelvin Joseph. I think that my opinion has started to change a little bit and and I know uh, um, even before then I didn't want to be so judgy because I don't know him there's a lot of information that I don't know about so listening to him speak and the way that he was talking it just gave me ease and it made me feel a little bit better about his commitment with the team and what he's here to do aside from everything that media and and even us we talked about it on the show last week that we've been talking about you know is he really 100% committed to football uh based on his i guess hobby and and all of that outside the field so just the way that he spoke and and just kind of saying you know like there's no and it's true everyone can have a hobby mm-hmm. and you can be 100% committed to your job and all that but just hearing hearing it out of his mouth and not just that another one of his uh, teammates just kind of backing him up and all that. So it just made me feel somewhat better and say, okay, this guy is it's here for business, even if it's for the money and to get paid. We all here to, <laughs> to get paid too. So it just, um, my opinion on him started changing a little bit. 
Which, by the way, is I thought an interesting. I saw you tweeted about this, Dave, about him uh, mentioning the fact that you know, yeah, the money, the money is important. It's a driver, and and there were some fans that were kind of like, well, that makes me a little bit weirded out because he's doing it for the money. And yeah. my thought was like, I think we all, to some respects, do our jobs for the money. Now, don't get me wrong; you can love what you do. But it still is a job, and part of why you still do it is because you're able to make money, you're able to take care of your family, and if you're able to get to that level of playing the NFL, you're able to take care of maybe your grandkids and great-grandkids as a part of doing this job. So that's a great motivator, and there should be no, there should be no, nothing about that that should be considered bad, I don't think. I will, I will speak for Nick. I think I can. I've worked with you for a while. Like We are living out our childhood dreams. Yeah. Dream job, like, and so many people would kill to do what we do. If you told me tomorrow that I wasn't getting paid for it, I'd be pretty pissed off. I'm like, no, no, that's not, that's not part of the deal. Then I won't be there the day. Yeah, like that we gotta come to some arrangement. Like, no, I'm, I need money. Money yeah. is important to me. Not so like, dreamy anymore. It, it ain't a dream job if you're not getting paid to do it. Right. And these guys, I mean, not very many people can do what Kelvin Joseph does. So he's he's worth a lot of money because of that. And the fans that have a problem with it are the reason he's worth as much money as he is. Yeah. So uh, I hate that attitude. And I, I I'm with I, you. Took the words right out of my mouth, Ag. I thought he was he was really impressive the way he handled that. And he was like, I, kn- I know the difference between my profession and my hobbies. And the, again, that's something everybody should relate to. Yep. We all have. Things that we enjoy doing on our own time when it doesn't affect our work, and there's nothing wrong with that. But as long as you're committed to what you get paid to do, you know, what your job is. I was going to say Monday to Friday, but I guess it's really more six, Whenever seven, you're yeah, called upon Whenever to you're do called it, right? upon, yeah. yeah. That, that was kind of my thing, too. I think there, a couple people went after us on, on Twitter, at least me, you know, because I, I, it's, it's all about your – as long as your focus is here, and it really doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what it is, if it's bowling or – you know, playing tennis or golf like Romo did or mm-hmm. rap. You know, I mean, I, as I as I told William, who's upstairs, I told him, you know, I'm not against rap. I'm not against rappers. You know, which is I don't know if you even know that reference, but um, no, mm-hmm. you don't know that song. Well, I know. Well, Anyways, I love rap. By the way, if it's yeah. 1993, <laughs> I was going to say Nick's sweet spot is like 90 to 95. Yeah, probably. And then it, then it, it kind of then it switches more. It's more of an R and B thing. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you guys. I talked to him, and, and I, I liked what he said. Now, he does have a focus, though. One of his focuses is um, getting out of 24. He doesn't really want that number. <laughs> so he was like, he comes up to me, and he was like, who's in uh, number one, number two? I'm like, well, you know, I'm Pro Bowl kickers in number two, so good luck with that one. But, you know, man, who knows? I mean, who knows what I happens? don't want him in 24 either, which I'm, I am the, I'm the one that, like, I don't. I don't believe in superstition, but like they keep giving twenty four to these young cornerbacks, and it hasn't really worked out for anyone. True, Claiborne, Claiborne, and... Cheeto. Yeah, those are the two big ones. Yeah, yeah. the number did it. The no, no, was the no. I know the number didn't do it. Like it won't be his number that determines his success. But I still just are we see talking it. about no, any of them, all of them. Yeah. But I'm just like. Oh, we're not done. Why well, put that on him, right? I mean, that's the way I look at it. Is it especially if he doesn't want it? Like, is why it put that true? On what I heard. About number nine. It's for the air. Now, <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where that stands right now. Yeah. I don't know. My source is kind of iffy. <laughs> I honestly don't <laughs> know where that stands right now. My source is not a great source. Yeah. So I'm just. Uh, I don't know. I don't, 
Nick hinted at we're not done talking we're not about done numbers. Talking so about I'm numbers. Just There's asking. guys are going to change numbers. Yeah. I know, I know of two guys that are definitely going to change their numbers. Um, it hasn't really been announced, and for some of them, it's important for them to announce it. So, um, and I'm, I'm sure once once the roster gets pared down and all that, because you got like multiple quarterbacks, you got multiple punters. Those numbers are going to start. Mm-hmm. When opening up and, and the guys will, will switch around. Like yeah, Parsons is going to wear eleven, but we know that. But yeah, we know that. <laughs> yeah, but like yeah, you you see changes every year after training yeah. camp. It, yeah. it, it's and fine. This will probably be another year where you'll see that. Uh, let's talk about Mike Michael Parsons. Nick, you led with him. Uh, we found out last week in an interview that he did. I think was it exclusive with us, but I, I know we we had it. But uh, he talked about the fact that. Uh, that he is right now starting off working yeah. at middle linebacker, which I think for everybody was kind of like a home. Oh, okay, so talk to me about where. What do you think that means as far as you know how he fits into what they're going to do, knowing they've got two linebackers who have at different times played middle linebacker. What does this mean for that position group if he's your guy that starts the season at middle linebacker? Well, I thought it was interesting when they asked McCarthy about it. Naturally, he kind of shot it down like it wasn't that big a deal. But one of the things that they wanted him to do was get in there and listen and and, and have the mic, um, the headset in the in the uh, for the calls to so be able to make the call. So that's one of the things. But he said all the linebackers have to do two positions. They all have to learn mm-hmm. two, two spots. So him starting out in a rookie minicamp at middle linebacker is not that big a deal. But Parsons said, when asked about it, he said, yeah, they want me to go sideline to sideline. And the best way for me to do that is to be right in the middle of the action. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, what does it mean for where Layton's going to play and all that? It's just so hard to tell because we don't really know how Dan Quinn's going to play this thing. He's He's got a lot of options. They're gonna they're gonna be on the field. I think if you can play, they'll be out there. They're gonna do the exact same thing they did last year, which is use the fact that nobody knows to try to get an advantage, which did not work at all last year. Hopefully, it'll produce some better results this time around. But yeah, and rookie minicamp doesn't really mean anything to me because like who else is out there with him? Jabril Cox, I mean, the Texas A and M undrafted guy. I guess you know, like it's not this isn't the real linebacker core. So. But it is that, and that was the debate about Parsons. Is like, is a pure off-ball linebacker who runs and hits worth a top ten pick or twelve? I know that's where he was eventually drafted. Is there going to be a pass rush element? Or um, you know, I thought something really interesting. It wasn't a coach, but you know, we all respect the hell out of Todd Archer. He's been doing this for a long time. If he says something, he's probably got good information about Plugged it. In. Yeah. Um, he said he said something along the lines of like Micah can play Mike and I think Leighton will be back at will when this thing all shakes out. He didn't say what didn't say what yeah. he didn't say <laughs> made my eyebrows perk way up. Because yeah. if that's really what's happening, then you're saying what what is the what is Jalen Smith's role? Are you gonna have a thirteen million dollar role playing linebacker? You talk about learning two positions. Is Jalen gonna do Mike and Sam and be like your your Sam and base and off the field and nickel? I think a lot of people would probably prefer that, but is you know, there's politics that go into this, whether it's money, whether it's the fact that Jalen is one of the most visible players on the team. Like, how does that actually take shape? And and we don't know. What I did say about Micah was if you're drafting him where you're drafting him, I think there needs to be a component of rushing the passer, whether that's doing some edge work or just blitzing a lot. I wonder if maybe Jalen could do that as well. Like if yeah. you would rather just keep if, – if you just want Micah to play Mike 100% of the time, that's fine. But 
Jalen Smith maybe could be your Leo or something like they. And that's what makes that so interesting is they got to find something to do with one of those guys aside from just play traditional off ball linebacker. Yeah, and I, I've thought about that before too. The issue becomes if you're going to do that, that means you're taking either Demarcus Lawrence or you're taking Randy Gregory off the field in those situations not if they're going to be that all outside linebacker, right? Not necessarily. And that's, you know, it's the most overhyped thing in the world, but people talk about the Leo, which is, I mean, it is it is like a defensive end type of role. But again, you know, we saw last year they they had five-man fronts. That's really what that was, you know. So I, I think it's possible to do a little bit of both, maybe. Yeah, it'll be brain, interesting to see. I mean, but here's the deal. You're not losing. Like, it's not like the Cowboys can actually help themselves by getting rid of Jalen Smith. The money... The money is the money at this point, right? So it's one of those situations where he's likely on the team just because it doesn't make sense financially to not have him on the team this year. Um, So he's going to be here. You shouldn't. I wouldn't think you would let that affect your decisions on how you deploy him because it, it that becomes a non-factor in my opinion. Yeah. It's already spent money at this point. Yeah, and it's it's basically they're turning it into and like hopefully he's aware or his agent is aware enough to, to realize this is pretty much a contract year for him, even though it technically isn't. Hmm. Um you the writing's on the wall about what they can do. It's like you said, it's tough to move him this year. It's not tough next year. Um, and same with Leighton. They've made that into a contract year for him. So I think we're going to get the very best of what these guys can do um, this year. And and then the, the factor you didn't really say, I don't think I heard it was Keon O'Neill. He's going to factor into all this too. I keep for like, Cox, right? I mean, yeah, he factors into this. There's a lot of options here. I don't I don't know what to do with it. I, like I, I was floored when Dan Quinn, because he didn't want to tell us anything specific when we talked to him, but he very specifically was like, Keanu's a, he's a linebacker. He's going to play linebacker. I was like, where? Wait, where? Right. Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> I just assumed he was going to move back to safety, which maybe he still could. I mean, coaches lie all the time, but like for him to say that so yeah. bluntly was very surprising to me. Yeah, I think there's so many, so many options for how they could play this, uh, and and there's gonna. Uh, it's interesting you say that this is effectively this effectively is a, a contract year for Jalen. Because it's tough to put a guy in a situation where it's a contract year and you're going to limit his play playing time, right? You don't really give him a lot of opportunity to earn the opportunity to continue with that deal. And, well, and that could be tough for him. You know? Well, I, and, you know, I say uh, sc- yeah. I, screw politics. I hate politi- politics. You need to get whoever's doing the best out there. and you're, I, I don't care how much money you're making. And I get it because that's a very high expense. And you're wasting that money on someone that... W- that it's not producing anything for you on the field. But I'm with the the initial scenario that Dave presented here where you get, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm speaking too soon because I have barely seen anything from Parsons yet. Mm-hmm. But um, if, if he really is looking good once we get everyone in there and he's doing better, and we'll see in the preseason games as well, but if he gets to that point where all of us are saying, you know what, this guy needs to be more on the field, I'm the first one to sit someone down. And again, you never know when um, someone might get injured. You never know when Leighton Vanderish is going to have to come off the field. Mm-hmm. There's always this rotation scenario that you can also do. So I think that everyone's going to get plenty of playing time. But at the end of the day, you need to keep the best player on the field, regardless of who's a veteran, regardless of how much money you're making. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
you got to focus on on winning and having the best best guys out well, there. What we know of Jalen is his best ability is his availability, and mm-hmm. I think that that might factor in this yeah. year, like it's factored in every other year of his career. Like he may be the guy that you know you start getting injuries, he doesn't seem to get hurt. So he might still get his opportunities, even if he starts the season not being the guy, uh, one of the two guys that are getting the most snaps at linebacker. Because he's always last on the play. So how is he going to get wow. hurt? He's always in the back. Wow. Swiping. Sorry. I'm, 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 God, I not, hate, I hate not, to hate, but, but I'm not, not trying to be a That's not accurate when you're, when you're leading the team and even the league in tackles, and you're not always last. He leads the team in tackles. Not always last. But I mean, he leads the team in tackles. It wasn't. You really want to have this debate? No, I'm just saying he. But you, we got to call it for what it is. I mean, is he worth the contract? He, he, no, no, he's not. He hasn't been worth the contract. And I think what you guys said was was right. Like he, he, the with the money, he's on the team. Yeah. That doesn't mean you have to play though. Right. And so yeah, I agree. Best player plays at this point for this year. But see, I and I like AG, I love her perspective because she, like you're like the you're the moral compass of the fan base. Like this is what should happen. We know that that's not always what happens. That's my point. And yeah. you don't see a lot of 13 million dollar players who are subbed in as sub-package and role-playing guys. It's just not how it works. Well, you also don't but, see a situation where a lot of times where teams will go out and invest so yeah. much in an offseason at a position where they got a $13 million and dollar guy. I will, it's, and it's the epitome of a sunk cost. Like, the money is right. spent... You, it, what's done is done, so maybe it's less. Maybe that factors less in the decision making process in right. this they, case. They've thrown more resources at linebacker this offseason than maybe any other position on the team. If that doesn't tell you a ton about what they think about the two linebackers they have, mm. you know, you can say what you want to say about, and they can say we love you, we love, we love you, love you, but they threw a ton of resources at the linebacker position this offseason. And it's funny to think the other spot, probably the other big trouble spot that gives you a lot of pause about the future is offensive tackle. And they again they showed you what they thought about that too. They mm-hmm. spent the bare minimum on a free agent swing tackle and they waited until day 3 to draft a, an offensive when tackle. When they had a really good one available to them in the yeah. first round. Yeah. They opted for linebacker so, rather than, yeah. than tackle, right? Not saying they're right, but it speaks volumes about how they feel. Exactly. All right, we're going to take our first break when we come back. Let's talk a little bit about the schedule. It's an interesting schedule. Cowboys will uh, kick off the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll ask each of these guys what we think the best and the worst things in their opinions are about this year's schedule for the Cowboys. We'll be right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. Before you can park yourself in front of the game, park yourself in a John Deere and power through your chores. Our Land Run package is a 1025R, 25-horsepower tractor with a loader, rotary cutter, and a box blade for $229 a month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. So don't miss another kickoff. Visit unitedagandturf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now let's get to work. The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. 
where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Back to the break. Dallas Cowboys football and Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders dance youth camps are back this summer for athletes and dancers of all skill levels. Two and three day camps are available at AT&T Stadium and the Star in Frisco. Spots are limited. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash academy. Welcome back to the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by GEICO. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the schedule. Cowboys uh, released the schedule last week to a lot of fanfare, a lot of dancing and partying uh, by one Jerry Jones and Post Malone. If you haven't seen the video, yes. do yourself a favor and go check that out. Uh, we've actually done really well. It's been uh, very highly viewed and reviewed uh, piece of content. So, uh, but the Cowboys released their schedule. Um, lots of interesting little nuggets throughout. So I'll open it up to you guys and let's go around the table. Tell me what you think first is the best thing for the Cowboys about this schedule. Let's start with you, Amber. <laughs> that look. <laughs> well, I keep looking at the schedule and it's hard to judge. I don't, you know, I always want to say that the end looks the easiest. Mm-hmm. But then it never it never is like that for the Cowboys. It never happens to be. Again, we don't know what this team is going to turn out to be, but um, I'm hoping that this year they can start out better than before and actually have an advantage towards the end of the, the season with Washington, the Giants, you know, the divisional rivals here um, with the NFC East. But... Hopefully those games are not as crucial as they always are, which again, I'm just talking on both sides here because they always end up being, but I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what any of these teams are going to turn out to be, but I'm hoping that that is the case. And I'm hoping that we have the whole O-line healthy and available by that end, that last month of the season, and that you're not having to really, really put everything on the line towards the end so that you can have those guys back healthy by the playoffs if we get there. Um, the best thing about the best schedule? Thing about the schedule. Are we, gonna, we are going to talk about the worst thing. Yes, we right? are going to okay. get to the worst thing. Yeah, Right now, should, focus on the best thing. Let's start rundown. positive and then we'll go. Uh, the best thing about the schedule is really not the order. It's just the fact that you know you, your strength of schedule from last year is not that strong it's actually one of the easiest which i saw that and that confused me because i looked at the schedule and said how could because you're playing the division i I get that but other teams are playing the division too and i mean you're talking about you're talking about the you got both teams that were in the super bowl last year you got other really good teams i I just Um, let's which the strength of schedule thing in the nfl is the most overrated statistic like the difference between worst and best like the easiest strength of schedule is like 48 percent win percentage and the hardest is like 53 like we're bickering about five percentage like you know it's it's just Um, it doesn't matter as much as people want it to i'm gonna say uh, nothing 
really. And I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not, and I'm not trying to be really negative. I just know when you go into a schedule, there's things that you you look for, and there's things that you try to avoid. There's about three things you try to avoid if possible, and they've got them all. And that that's so I don't I can't look at anything and say. Well, this is a really good thing, and I'm not really trying to be negative here. I just what 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 is what's an answer here? I got, what do you I got, got, one, I got for one too. You? Go ahead. Go ahead. Like, which I will say, I again, I hate people that are like the league hates us because they did. Like I hate that. Like yeah. you got to play 17 games. Everybody does. We've known the opponents forever, and if yeah. you're in the NFC, you're going to have more road than home. It is what it is. Just play the like. I hate that. I hate when people get all bent out of shape about that. Having said that, the schedule doesn't do them a ton of favors. But one favor that they do have is it's a damn division party all the way through the last like six weeks of the season. You play four of your six starting December twelfth, going through the end of the year, and you don't play anybody twice before then. So nobody's got a tiebreaker over you. So even if they, for whatever reason, somebody gets hurt or they just don't have it. They maybe they suck all the way through Thanksgiving, but you got a real chance to make up for that by playing everybody in the division down the the home stretch of the season. I mean, you play Washington twice, you get, uh, you, and then you play New York and Philly once each. We all think that Philly and New York are the lesser two teams. Like Washington and Dallas are above, and we mm-hmm. we agree with that, right? So you get the two easier teams, and so you know if you're. If you're just treading water when you get through Thanksgiving, you got to I mean, if you just kick everybody in the division's ass, it doesn't matter. And yeah. Dak's Dak's great against the division, so as long as he's there, I feel good about that. Now I'm starting to wonder if if I'm misreading this, but the 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 one that I would point out and to me just like immediately when I saw the schedule, I was like, I love this for the Cowboys is even if you say, okay, first game of the season they're going to lose going to Tampa to play the defending champion. Just give them that as a loss. Those next four games, Cowboys got a chance to get off to a really fast start. You're talking about going to the Chargers. Again, that wasn't a good team last year. Philadelphia, you just mentioned, wasn't a good team last year. Carolina wasn't a good team last year. New York Giants wasn't a good team last year. So you got four teams lined up there in weeks two. Throw New England in there, too. They're not good. Well, they weren't bad. but No, they weren't good either. No, I'm saying, no, yes, they weren't good last year. The only reason I didn't put them in that same category is because we all, I think we all, say the likelihood that Belichick does that two years in a row probably ain't great. He's probably going to be better this year than he was last year, but maybe not. If you want to go off just last year, you're absolutely right. New England, throw New England in there wow. with him. So my point is, you start off the season in an opportunity to really get off to a fast start. I know the first game is going to be extremely challenging, but those next several weeks, you could run yeah. off some wins and stack some wins they, they if put, you're a good team. They play the world champs on September the 9th on the road. They don't face another playoff team until November 21st. Exactly. Another Super Bowl team. Yeah, but, but it gets rough in that point. Like that's when you start getting to the treacherous part never, of the schedule. But you can one. make some. You can really make some 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 headway uh, against the, in the early part of the schedule. There's not a lot got, of now. Again, we don't know what these teams are going to be this year. Sure. We're basing all this on last year. And, well, that's, and, and that's the thing that they're looking at Dallas, saying, "Well, Dallas wasn't good last year, and these teams are probably going to be better than what they were." Some of them. I mean, I think Barkley's going to make the Giants a better team. I mean, I think McCaffrey will probably make Carolina a better team. Absolutely. Will. I think Herbert will be just better along. Well, they'll get their one of their best defensive players. Like they yeah. lost actually oh, yeah. two or they three lost, of their best defensive yeah. players. They, right? they, that, that, yeah. That's dangerous. Yeah, I don't. But I it's not really a road game. I'm, How I know, would you be judging no. the Cowboys? Same thing. Look, looking from the outside, I would be. I'd be like, well, hey, 
I wouldn't call them a six and ten team. No one. Well, that, do you think they're better? Oh yeah, I think that I think the consensus on the Cowboys is that they're a very flawed team with an offense that gives them a chance to beat anybody. Yeah. If yeah, I mean, fair. if it's if it's healthy the way yeah. it's supposed to, be. and if they got a, they got a respected, uh, well respected coordinator now, uh, they got a plug and play defensive player in there too. So. You know, if you stop the bleeding on defense and, and the offense gets back, you know, I'm sure that that's scary. You know, but I will say, and but it's I think it's just PTSD from last year. But this, like this, this will go up in smoke by before training camp's over. Like somebody's going to lose a player mm-hmm. that changes. I mean, McCaffrey went out like week one of their season. Who knows how much better Carolina is if he's there? And on and on and on and yeah. on. And I'm just so yeah, like Philly, Carolina, New York, New England. Honestly, all the way through Atlanta, like all of those games look winnable. Minnes- yep. They beat Minnesota without Dak last year. Denver doesn't have a quarterback right now. God, I'd made this joke on our schedule release show. Can you imagine if Denver trades for Rodgers? I know. <laughs> Before the season, that uh, changes that game. That game may not. I don't know if they can flex at that point. <laughs> yeah. but they're going to be really kicking but themselves if that's still on. A new but game. again, that goes back yeah. to my point: is like on paper, you're like, oh, hell yeah, beat Minnesota without without Dak last year. Denver doesn't have a quarterback, and when they beat Atlanta last year too, and then you know Rodgers gets traded to Denver on June 15th, and we're like, well, that's a loss. We know this. Like, you just never know, right? And I, I guess you can only count. On, you really you're, fa- you're factoring based upon what you saw from them last year and, and I do think although there are a lot of teams that lost a lot of players when you lose your quarterback to me that's a little bit different like yeah. losing your quarterback makes a ton of difference in the NFL and so I think the Cowboys I give them a little bit more deference uh, than maybe some of these teams that may have lost a safety or, uh, yeah. or defensive end or whatever the case might have been I will say this that November 21st at Kansas City Chiefs four days before Thanksgiving is all Philadelphia's fault it is the Philadelphia Eagles' fault that the Cowboys have to do that. Because if you remember a few years ago, they made that rule change proposal. The Eagles hate that the Cowboys' Thursday game is basically built in at home. Like It's an unfair advantage. And so they're saying, well, you you get to always play a Thursday game at home. You don't have to deal with short week travel. And the league's not going to take that away from the Cowboys. Right. But it's unfair advantage if you get to play at home on the Sunday before Thanksgiving and you don't even have to deal with any of that. And so I think I just feel like the league is like, all right, let's throw these people that are upset about this a bone and give Dallas a really tough thing to deal with on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. I think, I think what they do with these back-to-back Thursdays is also unsafe. I don't don't think it's, that's fair for the Cowboys because, because it's still seven days, right? Yeah. But, but it's seven days after four. Like you have to face a team on the road in Kansas City, and that is going to be a a gut wrenching type of game, and they all are. And then four days later, you got to go play the Raiders at home. You're at home for Thanksgiving, like they always do. But your body is 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 hasn't even recovered from the game before. You need a ten days at that point. They don't give them that. They give them seven. That I think that that is tough. I don't know what their record is in that Thursday game, but I'm just saying that's a that is a tough turnaround because you you're you know just like with anything if you do it in four days you, you need a break. N- nobody else in the league I think has to, is doing that except for those teams that play that, on Thanksgiving. Those two teams that have to play you know the, I that, just, that Thursday. It they I think the first year I was here was the first year they ever did this. 
And it was such a boon for NFL Network that I just – it's going to be on the schedule. For, it, it is. And I hate it. It's their it's, only way to get the it, Cowboys. And that's the only it's reason on it exists. Is like well, the, every every team play has to play a Thursday night on NFL Network. So yeah. I, that's I, the only way for yeah. them to do it. Because I, I, otherwise you got two weeks when you'd have to have a four-day yeah. week, right? I so just, you kind of have to do it right then. I mean, it's really uh, – this is pure selfishness. I hate – like – we will never have Thanksgiving weekend off again for the rest of our lives as long as this is built into the schedule because yeah. instead of They're like practicing. you play on Thanksgiving and you're like, all right, well, I missed Thanksgiving, but I've got this long weekend. Yeah. And well, you get it that you next go weekend, right back into but it's not Thanksgiving. Week, right. right. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, obviously nobody cares about my first world problems, but it pisses me <laughs> off. Yeah. All right. Give me your, your best. Uh, well, no, we already did best. Give me worst. your worst thing about the schedule. Yeah. Um, as I said before, I think there's things you go into the schedule and you're, you're like looking to, to avoid. And I think that they hit a lot of them on here. Uh, if you're going to have to start the season on the road, uh, you, you wouldn't think your week two is going to have to be also on the road and on the opposite coast. Opposite coast, yeah. And if you are going to start the season on the road for two games, surely you get to end the season at, at home. No, you don't. So I think how they started and how they ended, and you know, you don't like seeing a three three straight road games either. So I'm probably taking everybody's answers, but I just think <laughs> you just wanted all and, of them. End, uh, yeah, ending starting the season with two two road games like that, and then ending the season with road. I'm, that's probably not any favors there, Amber. Not just being on the road, but who is the opponent on the road? Mm. Like that's that's the one thing I look at is a lot of these teams that are on the road for the Cowboys. Are tough. Are gonna yeah, be their tough. Their road schedule's hard. So yeah. that that and you know we know that sometimes a lot of people believe in home field advantage. I'm kind of iffy on that, but um, the Cowboys we've seen it happen many times where they go to somebody else's stadium and they just don't perform well, whether it's due to weather or whatever the reason may be. Um, it's tough. It is tough. So that is what I'm looking at. The opponents on the road. It, it's concerning. Yep. It's going to be hard. Which I don't want to contradict myself because, yeah, I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes might not play in that game. You know, like you can't, you can't. Oh, what? I'm, I mean, you just, you never, you never know. know. know you says. never, ever know. But that stretch starting with the Chiefs game just mm-hmm. looks really, it just looks so brutal. And it really doesn't even have anything to do with the quality of the opponents. But to go at Kansas City, short week, Thanksgiving, turn around. And also, even if Mahomes isn't playing one of the three toughest road venues in the NFL, yeah. Arrowhead Stadium, then you turn around. Again, Drew Brees is gone. Maybe the Saints aren't any good, but a night game in the Superdome, again, one That'd of the, like, good. that's a huge environment. Mm-hmm. Then you turn around another road game, division game. Then you turn around and another road game, a division game. So, like, two highly important division games. You play four road games in five weeks. So, basically, half of your road schedule in a 21-day stretch. Uh, and, by the way, you know, the Chiefs and at the Saints are thrown in there as well. I just think, again, like, you know, maybe the Giants and Washington won't even be that good. But to do all of that and so much of it on the road in just a short span of time, I mean, that's going to be tough on And division is still division, whether they're good or bad. Yeah, right. Division is still a division game. You think the Cowboys, you think AT&T, AT&T Stadium is maybe at fault for this? 
Hate Why? to say that. In what way? I hate to say it like that, but I don't know. Yeah, there's a big, probably a Big Twelve championship game play. There's probably high school football. I mean, I, but I, not that they I, haven't switched that before. I don't think. Yeah, high I don't think. Football honestly, matter. I don't think so because I don't know that those things necessarily preclude you from being able to have an NFL game on a Sunday. I want to say high school. They don't even change the field for the high yeah. school games. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know that that would I'm just, be a I'm part just of it wondering, at all. I mean, that just seems. That just seems like they're really attacking them right there. I mean, like, oh, I don't think, oh, yeah, I, yeah. Well, well you, but you get a home when game you're making the then... Cowboys schedule, there are a lot of other things that you're factoring sure. in. Think about the schedule makers. Like, what they're more importantly thinking about is the television networks because everybody's See, trying to figure out how they're going to get the Cowboys on. So that's a way bigger consideration than do they have three road games in a row? In a row. Here's here's where I think there's a disadvantage, and I don't think the Cowboys are wanting to switch divisions, and nobody really wants that. But it's a I saw somewhere where I think it's Philly or Washington that doesn't have to get on a plane. Really? I saw that, yeah. They don't have to get on a plane for like the last six weeks. Because they're playing Washington and they play the Giants and back and forth and all that stuff. But the Cowboys, I mean, (laughs) those are some really long trips to do that. So that's not an advantage, obviously, for the Cowboys, you know, to, to have their road trips in the division are. A lot different. I mean, we see every every road trip for the Cowboys is pretty much about in the same range. Like you, you're going somewhere. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of teams that are that are local to the Cowboys. And once you get outside of the Texans, and if you want to include the Saints, like there's no teams that are close to the Cowboys. So you got to get on a plane and no. travel at least an hour and a half for every game. There's only five or six teams that can pull that off, where you're like busing to a game. But it's the East Coast, basically. It is interesting, and I don't want this. Like the rivalries are important, but like. You know, a division of Dallas, Houston, New Orleans, Tennessee. Like, you're logging way fewer miles to travel to those games. But I wouldn't want that. It ain't as much fun. No, of course it's not. We're just nitpicking And that goes back to my point, which is like, shut up and deal with it. Like, it's pro football. Play football. Play football. We're just, yeah. I can sit here and say, like, oh, man, that looks really tough. At the end of the day, I'm like, no, he cares. Go play the games. Right, right. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. We'll get a game of see a no going. Amber's got some questions for us. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. 
A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to the break. The Star District is the perfect place for the whole family to enjoy. You can support local Frisco businesses by visiting us to dine, shop, and explore the Dallas Cowboys-themed campus. For information on all the Star has to offer, visit thestardistrict.com. Welcome back to the final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Geico. Amber, you got a game for us. Let's go. What you got? Okay, a lot of the questions I received are us getting way ahead of ourselves but it's a game that's so what we do just for fun <laughs> so we just got done talking about the schedule the final game between cowboys versus eagles will decide if the cowboys or another team wins the nfc east 100 percent c yes the, that cowboys eagles game will have something to do with the division change mm. title championship yeah i believe that Say no. I'm going to say no. I actually think that game on December 26th will ultimately decide the division against Washington football team. That's I wrote that like my snap judgment was both of those games happening in December will, will be what swings the division. And like maybe something will still be up for grabs like seeding in that week 18 game. But it really like when was the last time that it was like a pure winners in losers out i know they did it a lot like a decade ago mm-hmm. but I, it hasn't really been that way in a while right am i i'm not making that up uh, right no. i just think these are your two best teams in the division i think they will be the two best washington teams. and dallas no and dallas philly. and philly interesting huh, okay yeah, I do. I you think, think they're better you think philly's better than washington mm-hmm. it's washington i think well we all know their defense was really good last year yeah. they've added some pieces to that offense that i think it can fit nicely with that defense, you know? I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick to play 17 good games, right. and they're screwed if he doesn't. But and he's better than what they had. And 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 he's better than – maybe it's because we watched Dallas just pick on Jalen Hurts, but, like, I don't – I do not think highly of Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Not right now, at least. We'll so I, I don't know. I just I, – I, I do think that game's going to mean something for, for, for somebody. You yeah. know, I mean, it's only 50% of the division, so – I mean, I think it's fair to say that that that'll happen. I and think did, it will. Didn't Washington sign Curtis Samuel? Yes. Like you start thinking about the offensive pieces that they put in place. Mm-hmm. Again, they don't need their offense to be like great. They yeah. need an offense that doesn't lose the game for them because their defense is so good. And in a second year, I think they're going to be even better. So I don't know. I just, I just think, I think the Cowboys is going to be a tough, tough. Huh? You just described the Cowboys in the opposite way. Yeah, they're the opposite of the Cowboys. Exactly mm-hmm. opposite of the Cowboys. Yeah. Washington is a good quarterback away from being pretty scary. Really, really good. Yeah, I agree. That, I guess we'll see. <laughs> which is the hardest thing to find in football. I get right. that. Like, I know. It will, the yeah. interesting thing is, is a lot of those contracts are going to come up pretty soon, you know, for them. So they're going to have Washington? To, yeah. I'm not saying their window is, is – is closing at all because they sign them. But I'm just saying 
they they drafted a lot of those guys. It's kind of like Carolina a few years ago. You get all these good defensive guys, and then next thing you know, they become free agents. Can you sustain it? And the tough part for Washington now is they have a really good defense that's going to keep them in a lot of games, which means that the likelihood that they will get high enough in a draft to be able to draft a quarterback is relatively low. So trying to get a quarterback at this point when you've already built a defense that's this good becomes very difficult. Now you gotta you gotta bet on the fact that you can get a quarterback later in a draft. They trade for Rodgers. Um, yeah, <laughs> they can get a quarterback <laughs> later in the draft <laughs> that will allow them to be that 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 can really raise their level of play. That's a harder thing to do. No, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, All right. Next question. Micah Parsons starts week one against Tampa Bay. See. See or no? See. I'm gonna say no. What? Yep. <laughs> I'm gonna say no. We, but again, we 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 opine so much. Tell about, me why. Be, well, because you're only gonna have two on the field, mm-hmm. and you like starting just means you have to be out there for the first mm-hmm. snap. So why? Because he's a first round pick. First round picks. We know first round. I don't care what you want to say about whoever was here, but he's a first round pick. Right, Late, uh, like Leighton Vander Esch didn't come on right away. Like he yeah. wasn't just like the guy from the get as a rookie. What was gonna say about Leighton? I mean, like that. It's you, hard you, to no, just no. be you a expect, down star as a pro player. Expect, I know, but you expect a linebacker. You expect any player that you take in the top, I don't know, fifteen picks yeah. in the first round. Say you he, expect them to be immediate starters, do you not? He strained. He he did. I remember Layton did something at training camp where he meant. Oh, what about a play? Right. I, I'm I'm telling you right now. I I don't even feel bad about saying this. Like Micah Parsons will play forty snaps against the Bucks. He won't be out there for the first snap of the right. game. We'll That's. See. That's just it's just remember a gut politics. Feeling. Yeah, no, nope. yes, <laughs> but, but, yes. But, but politics usually happen when you have an existing coaching staff that these are their guys. They got no vested interest yeah. in those other two linebackers. They yeah. really don't. Like, nothing, this is their guy. Michael Parsons against is their guy. The question, but it really doesn't matter. This isn't like why that's also my point. This it does not matter. Back, you know, I mean, yeah. Yeah, they're going to play. They're going to play. Yeah. Just, All I, right. The, I, I'm sorry, and then we can Go move ahead. on. But like, it's not that. Common, unless you're Chase Young, it's not that common to just snap one of day one. You're just like, I'm, I'm the guy. This is me. Like lunch at Tinder, absolutely. Right. We'll make a lunch bet on this. Not a bit. We're just gonna Sorry. take each one we'll, of us. We'll take the other one to lunch. Let's figure that out. I think that's that's your second linebacker lunch. Uh, yeah, bet. that is. Yeah, we'll see how that one turns out. I'm feeling pretty good Which, about my I don't, prospects of having barbecue for free. I don't want to. I don't want to. Like I'm, I'm Jalen Smith to the Pro Bowl is what I said. That, yeah, that is what you said. I don't hate Micah, and I think he's going to play a lot of snaps this year. But I just, I bet he won't be the starter. <laughs> yeah, to clarify, I don't hate Micah. <laughs> no, well, we talked about that last week. The minute you doubt something, it's like, oh, he hates Parsons. He hates Micah right. Parsons. No, I just feel, I just feel like that's how this goes most of the time. All right, see, I know. The Cowboys will have four or more starters on the O-line for 14-plus games. 14 of the 17. If they do, they're in the playoffs. Oh, so Preseason count? No. <laughs> um, uh, no. No. That's a tough one. <laughs> no, they won't. Based on history? They can... won't. Between... See, if you'd have gone three, I would have been like, okay, you can kind of convince me that maybe they'll have three on the field for 14 games. Four? Four is a lot. Four means that f- they'll be in the playoffs. If they, if all if four of the five are there all season long, basically, they might they might have already the wrapped up the division if they have all of those offensive linemen on the field for fourteen. Get the first right, fourteen I don't games. Go that like, far. Well, I mean, that's just going to make it competitive against Washington. And, and when you remember, True. I mean, Washington yeah. dominated them like that. 
if the if the guys were out there, Lyell and all them, I, you know, because I think you can go back to that Thanksgiving game. Martin was there. Flint. Cam Fleming? No, Cam Fleming. Uh, Irving. Uh, Irving. Sorry, and it was some Cam. It's not here anymore. Cam. Cam. They they did a nice job. They moved the ball, you know. And now you thought they were going to be competitive. Then they both go out in that series, and it went down from there. But yeah, it did. Yeah, I just Fast. think I think it's going to be a, way more competitive just to have the you know the strength versus strength there with that offensive line defensive line. Yeah. I just think that's asking for a lot with what we've seen from this group over the last like. Three I can't years. bet on four. No, that's too much. That's yeah. a lot. That's, that's a lot. lot. <laughs> All right. Another one that's tough. Uh, the Cowboys will be a top 10 defense with the roster and the changes that they've made this offseason. No. <laughs> Big old no. Ooh, I see Nick thinking about <laughs> no. him. No, okay, no, I thought no. you were thinking about nope. it. Like, okay, you going out there? Okay. No. Okay, someone else said no. 15. Okay. Does that change? I will take that. You will, I will take, take 15? I'll take Because mm-hmm. once again, where were they the year before? What, what the we, year before last, they were, I want to say, 11 what, or 9? Well, you know what they were last year? They were 31? 30? No, they were like 27. 20, 24. 20, 24 okay. in yards, 27 yeah. or 28 in score. That's 24 what I, in yards? I yeah. didn't realize that. Yeah, I thought that, it was much lower than that. No, that's what I was asking. Like, what is the... The what number. Are, what's the metric? What's, yeah, what's the yeah. metric? So, um, I mean, defense, they use it by yards. Use so. it by yards. Yeah. And, and, you know, as bad as they were uh, giving up points last year, and they, they gave up more than any in the Cowboys history, but, yeah, they were like 24th or something like that. So to get to 15, possible. Yeah, I think it's very possible. Again, I look at where they were two years ago. I'm a big believer now. I'm a big believer in the fact that the problems they saw last year on defense had a ton to do with the coordinator. Um, and I yeah. just look at what they were because I don't think the personnel changed drastically. I think there were one or two guys that you could say, well, yeah, they make a big difference, but I don't think it changed that drastically to have the drop that they did. I think the coordinator was the big issue, and so I expect them to get back up at least to the top half of the league uh, in yards that they allow. I'll settle for 17th with a positive turnover differential. If you get there a you positive go. turnover, that matters. You know, yeah, that, that's huge. I have another one that is specifically asking about the rushing def- defense. And, I mean, there are, like you guys said, there are different metrics and different ways you can oh, analyze this off the defense. No. <laughs> but do you guys expect the <laughs> rushing defense to improve significantly this year? Zero. Can it get worse? It actually <laughs> cannot because they were 32 That's what I'm saying. It, it can't get worse. <laughs> it can't. So, I yes, actually, they will be better. I went back and listened to the show last week while I was in the gym this morning. Mm-hmm. I just got mad all over again. <laughs> about y'all fighting about <laughs> <Yeah>. Bohanna. <laughs> uh, which, the combination, just the resources that they put into defensive tackle, Bohanna's part of it. Brent Urban, in my opinion, is also part of it. Two other draft picks, Colston and Nodigi Zua, who can help. And then the guys that were here. Maybe I'm just... This I don't know. Maybe this is just favoritism. I feel like I felt really good about what Tristan Hill was Tristan doing. Hill, yeah, and he was only there for he, was, he got hurt. I agree. He didn't that. even get he didn't even get the flowers of people being sad that he got hurt because he got hurt the same day as Dak. Mm-hmm. So if he's back and can continue the trajectory that it looked like he was on, I think that's exciting. And then you add Micah to go along with what's already there at linebacker. Yes, they will. They will absolutely think, improve. Think about the improvement between my. Um, Tristan Hill, year one and year two. Okay, it was a pretty significant. Improvement. He looked like a viable football player right. last year after not being able to get on the field. So mm-hmm. whatever he improved, whatever the percentage of improvement, whatever that is, what if Neville Gallimore improves that much from mm-hmm. year That's, one to year two? I'm if you're actually 
I was, working with someone. I was talking about this yesterday. Like, if you're just, like, sneaky, sneaky storylines that make you feel excited. Like, everybody's excited about Dak. We get that. But, like, Neville and Tristan together, if the, like, that's exciting and intriguing to me that, like, the defensive tackle could, position could be surprisingly good if those guys grow into who the front office thinks they can be. Yep. That's how I feel about that. No, Diggy Zua, I think, is is a guy they're really excited about, too. You know, And and here's another thing about Bohanna. Uh, the guy I've always been trying to get, you know, big, fat, sloppy guy, that's not Bohanna. Now, Bohanna is 330 pounds. He doesn't look like it, though. I mean, he looks he, – he's in good shape for his size and all mm-hmm. that. He, he's got a lot of strength to him. And the joke was, well, um, Quinn said he's going to be right here on the ball. You know, well, a couple times at, at, at practice, he actually wasn't. He was in the three technique, so they kind of moved Which him they, a little you, bit. You kind of take that a little you bit soft because you just don't know. They don't have a lot of people. They don't out have there. a lot of guys. Yeah. I just think he he's a big, strong guy, but I think he's going to have a little bit more movement than you think. Hmm. I'll that say would be this: great. when I was watching him, and. Going back to you talking about the conversation from last week and the argument between you two. Yeah. I could not remember what the argument was, but I, all I could see is while I was watching, I'm like, I'm on Derek's side on this. <laughs> Which also, based on what I was looking at. You know, you all, you know, the, the classic meme of like, you think about the perfect rebuttal two hours later, you know, mm-hmm. you never have it. Like, good one techniques get drafted high all the time. Vita Vea, it happened. Uh, Danny Shelton was another one. Not all the time. I mean, it happens yeah, sometimes. If, if a one technique is a stud, he's worth drafting Absolutely. in the first round. That's Absolutely. all I'm saying. But, but I will say, there are certain positions, and you know, you cover the draft way more than I do. There are certain positions where you have to be exceptionally great to get into that conversation. Defensive yes. tackle is one of those positions. You don't just, especially one technique, you don't get into that conversation unless you're exceptional. I'm not saying he's exceptional. What I'm saying is he fits a terrible need for the Cowboys. And and he's the only guy, by the way, that could fill that need. And that's why I think he's going to get opportunities. I'm right. I'm riding with Brent Urban on this one. That's okay. All. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. All right. One last one real quick. Uh, No. no that's it. Good. <laughs> you hungry? Let's go eat. <laughs> that's it. I'm All hungry. Right. It's that's lunchtime. The only, that's Let's the only no Derek hungry. gave Let's the whole eat. time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a first. Time to go eat. All right. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on next Wednesday. We'll have more talk for you guys. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!